Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan is not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the McAvoy's Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be looking back over last weekend's Hotel Kilmer Senior Championship results, seeing how myself and Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo Self, fared on with our predictions and the uh, proactive risk control team of the week, um, as we're in week four of the team of the week now. So, um, a few names popping up time and time again here, but we'll, we'll go through that later in the show. I suppose, Paul, we'll start. Uh, we'll start with the weekend's action because um, I think it's fair to say our predictions weren't as good as we'd have expected. Nineteen games on, and I think we just hit about over half between us. Predictions were horrendous. <laughs> let's let's not dress it up. It's the worst week I've ever had. Uh, like you've had loads of weeks like this, but I, I, this is the worst <laughs> week I've ever had. Every, any game that was anywhere close, I got it wrong, and, and I also missed out on several upsets, uh, bankers that I was expecting to come in for me that didn't come yeah. in. So absolutely horrendous stuff by me. Well, we'll start off with the Hotel Kilmore Senior Championship, and it was Lavi against Mullahorn. We both thought Mullahorn would have the greater desire, and the need would be greater as as we've used a lot on this podcast but being at this game we both went for Mullerhorn by the way but being at this game you'd swear it was Lavi that were fighting for a quarter final place and, and Mullerhorn who had very little to play for because they were Lavi were well the better side it, it took it took 27 minutes I think before Mullerhorn got on the scoreboard um, such was Lavi's early dominance particularly around the middle of the field but um yeah, 27 minutes, Sean, we go point, And it was seven points to nil in favour of Lavi at, at that stage. You'd never have expected that. No, well, look, Mullerhorn are, are very poor. Let's be honest here. Mullerhorn's record in the senior championship has been brutal. And they totally flattered to deceive against uh, Lara the first day. I know that got them into a quarterfinal, amazingly, to win one game and uh, against, against, against the worst team in it uh, as per the table. And then lose the rest of your games, and like well beaten in, in two of them. Like didn't come within five points of a win in any of the, those three games. I think that's, I think it's absolute fluke that Mullerhorn have got through to the quarterfinal. I think we just overrated them, to be honest. Like I, there's no doubt in my mind that I thought Lavi are better than Mullerhorn, but I just thought okay, Mullerhorn, uh, have so much to play for here. Keep their season alive. Lavi don't have the biggest panel in the world. Like it's well known that Lavi. Have a, have a very strong first 15, but wouldn't have huge um, quality in reserve. I thought they might rest lads, and maybe if there were any lads with niggles or anything like that, nothing to play for, they might rest them. But it sounds like Lavi came out and just just tore into Mullerhorn, and Mullerhorn just had no answer to it. 
Well, to be fair to Lavi, they did. Carl Duke had a bit of a niggle and Joey Jordan, and they didn't start with either of them, and uh, still came out. Now, I suppose when you have three county senior panellists in Chris Conroy, Jerry Smith, Paul Kilchrist, all starting, and then two players well capable of playing county senior in Danny Cusick and, and Shane Tierney, it, it, you see how strong that Lavi side is. You know, they're, 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 they're just doing what, what you said they would do. And after the first game, I was worried for Lavi. And, and, and you were talking about, oh, look, at, they always kind of build their way into a championship. They're doing it. And this was a, a completely dominant display, particularly in the first half. Now, second half, Mullerhorn did come out and caused them problems. Philip Brady was a big improvement. Philip the Gunner coming in to the full forward line. And it actually brought the rest of the forwards into the game a bit more for Mullerhorn. But like particularly around the middle of the field, Jerry Smith, Chris Conroy, and and um and Paul Kilcrease. I thought Paul Kilcrease had an excellent game, as did Jerry Smith, but they dominated that middle tour of the field. And then Darren Jordan's energy up and down the field, scored three points from open play. Like I'm I'm just looking through here and I think that Lavi in the one seventeen only scored one point from a free. The rest was all from open play, which shows when you have Dara Connolly ch- chipping in with a point and Emmett Brady with a couple and, a, as I mentioned, Paul Kilcrease with two, Jerry Smith with two. They're, they're not just reliant on Shane Tierney, who was double-marked in a lot of situations here. Um, Callum Moosey was, was being helped out by a double-sweeper system in front of him, um, and yet Tierney still come up with cracking scores under pressure. But uh, they're they're a they're a well balanced side, very athletic, very pacey, very strong, and still have Carl Duke to come into that side for a quarter final. Um, I tell you, Lavi's not going to be easy bet in that in that quarter final. If Castleran think that it's just a matter of giving them a, a ten point lead like they did last year, I think Castleran could be in for a, a rude awakening if they if they do fall asleep on the job this time round. Yeah, like <clears throat> Lavi. Lavi deserve to be respected because their record in, in the championship is very good. Like this is the fifth year in a row that Lavi have got out of the group, and uh, apart from last year when they had a load of injuries, if you remember, like you had Jerry Smith at, at full forward who wasn't nearly uh, fit, probably shouldn't have been playing at all. They were the walking wounded that day, and they were well beaten by Kushla. Other than that, they've always been competitive in the knockout stages as well, like uh, reaching two semi-finals, losing one in a replay, and losing another in a close game to Rammer back in 2016. So. Like Lavi are underrated. We have to say they're underrated. Like you have the likes of Jerry Smith there, who's flying fit and going really well in the middle of the field. Uh, all those names you mentioned, all doing well. And the interesting thing is Lavi. We'll be previewing this game later in the week, but Lavi have a record of giving Casarahan a great game. This is the fifth time they've met in in four years, and uh, there's been three draws in that, and Casarahan won the county semi final in a replay by three points. So. Mm. There's not too many teams uh, who who have given Casaran as much trouble. So Lavi Lavi would fancy that one. Uh, so a big win for Lavi, but major disappointment for for Mullerhorn. And to be honest, if they were to beat Kingsford, that would be a monumental upset. Now coming into this game, uh, having lost three in a row and then going into a quarter final, it just sounds so weird. It's probably never happened before. It's just the way that a freak uh, occurrence that that you can. Get two points, lose three in a row, and, and get into the 
get into the next stage. And it wasn't even a thing that they, the way the draw went that they were playing another team uh, vying for that eighth spot and, and they managed to beat mm. But, you know, it was the one win they got was against a team that was that was nowhere to be seen. So, uh, bad stuff for Mullerhorn, but they're still alive. But Lavi, yep, yeah, Lavi are, are improving as it goes on. Second game of the senior championship uh, was Rammer United against Crushalaw. You went for the draw in this one, which was 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 close. I went for Rammer, which was also close, but neither of us were right. And now, after we were saying on the Diehards podcast last week or, or earlier this week, actually, last week most people thought that Crushalaw were fifth ranked um, at at that moment, or our Diehards definitely did. But now they're after beating the number one ranked team according to our diehards and uh, it changes the whole landscape of the championship. It does. It, it, it does. But I, I never thought Crushalaw had gone away. Like I, uh, they, they did win the first three games and they, you know, it's probably a bit harsh to see them plummeting down the rankings and, uh, and they were winning games. Um, and it went in. Now, the only time I thought that Crushalaw had gone away was when they were eight points there in this game and I thought, Jesus, what's going on with Crushalaw here? Because early on, Crushalaw looked looked a livelier team. Like they went one two to a point up. At one stage, Killian Maguire went up and he, he broke a ball down. And it's amazing when there's no crowd, you can hear what's been said on the field. And he broke it down, and there was no Rammer jersey there to gather it. And he turned around to the to his teammates, and he was like, "Where are you?" And you could see Shane McInerney coming onto the pitch, telling the Rammer players, "You know, you need to get under the brakes here," because Crushalaw were hungrier for it at that stage. And what kind of changed the first half was Simon Cadden took a shot from about well outside the 45 it was 50 metres out and uh, now there was a there was a vicious wind and just as he kicked it there was a little bit of a gust rose up and it deceived the goalkeeper and it went straight in over Brian Malacca's head and into the top of the net and uh, that was sort of a, that was a goal against the runner play now James Brady had hit the post before that but that that dragged Rammer back into it they got a surge of confidence and played great stuff after that they just could not handle James Brady he was absolutely brilliant he scored a brilliant goal Rammer looked like they were going to run away with the game. Liam Brady came up and got a 45 early in the second half. They were kicking scores from everywhere and, and looking really good. And Crushlaw just weren't at the race at all at that stage. And then it just changed. You know, there was there was eight in it. Um, Crushlaw got a goal. Uh, and then Rammer still came back with a couple of points. So it looked like they had sort of weathered the storm. And then Crushlaw came with this run from nowhere where they scored 1-6 unanswered in the, in the closing stages. Patrick Lynch really came into the game. He, his confidence was up. He kicked the last four points of the game. Now, they're all from dead balls. One was an attacking mark, uh, and three were frees, but they were difficult frees, most of them. His goal was brilliant, where he beat a defender and, and smashed it home. He'd earlier laid on a goal. James Smith started making marks in the middle of the field for fun. Uh, he got in the end of that goal as well and pounded in. He kicked the point. So they were the two main men, I thought, for, for Crushlaw, who really stood up. There was other players that, that showed up well, too. Brandon. Boylan uh, played a lot of balls as well. Stephen Smith, whatever he wasn't as influential as he has been in other games, but whatever he did was good. And they brought on Pierre Smith, who kicked a brilliant point from the wing and was denied a goal by a by a brilliant save by Liam Brady as well. So uh, there, I think Pierre Smith in that forward line adds an extra dimension to Crushalaw. I think they need him if they're going to win the championship. He's going to have to be on the field. Uh, does he does he fill that? That void that, that some people are questioning have Crushlaw got leaders? Pierce Smith for me was always a leader, even at McGrory Cup level, like for St. Pat's. Yeah, he definitely has leadership qualities, without a doubt. He's always shown that. Um 
So yeah, that's something that they that that they need on the field, absolutely. But I think they're quite confident in Crush Law that that things are going well for them. Um, like looking at looking at their team, you know, it's they're sort of identical footballers in a lot of positions. You know, they, they have a lot of players that can slot in and out and play different positions. Like you take likes of Darren Gaffney lined out midfield the last day and could play in the full forward line. Could probably more naturally play in the half forward line. James Smith the same. Stephen Smith the same. Shane McFeedy can play half back or half forward. David Shelby's a cornerback that wouldn't be out of place in the forward line. So they have a lot of a lot of that. Uh, yeah, but what they do, what they do have in in James Smith and Lynch is uh, is two real powerful players who can, who, you know, they're they're playing a man's role there at the minute, which which they're going to need, but they're going to need Pierce as well. As for Rammer, Brian O'Connell wasn't playing, and that was huge. I thought I I couldn't see them conceding three goals if he was playing because he's a natural defender and you might have stopped that. And like it was careless by Rammer because the, the, they had the game won, and. They let Crush Law back into it, and it, it has left them there with a very tough draw. Mm, it has, and we'll come to this later in the week. But they played a lot of their starting team in contrast to Kevin Gaze, who played very, very little. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see later on in the week um, how we feel that that's going to have worked out for them. Uh, third game then was Kingscourt against Shercock. We both went for Kingscourt here, and they didn't let us down. But um, I suppose actually the black cards made a big difference here. Uh, Killian Clark picking up a black card seven minutes into the second half or eight minutes. And then two minutes later, uh, the Shercock goalkeeper, Aaron Smith, picking up a black card for a foul, uh, dragging in Park Faulkner, which resulted in a penalty. And all of a sudden, when it was a, a close game, the black cards just allowed Kingscourt to breathing room to, to pull away. And then they just kind of, they held on to that lead for the remainder of the game. Um, big performances from Philip Tinley, and Dara Gunn in the forward line in particular, both scoring quite freely. Um, and then good to see the likes of Shane Gray back in in the full-back line and Killian Farley with a very good display as well. So um, Kingscourt rested a huge amount. Like Park Faulkner only came on at half-time. Joe Dillon only came on at half-time. Barry Riley didn't play. Uh, Barry Tully only played a half. Um, you know, they, they, they probably made, I'd say, eight or nine or maybe ten changes to the yeah, team. Yeah, I think. 10 was the figure I heard, yeah. Right, right. Well, they, so they obviously had their eye on the quarter final and, and giving lads a game um, while still trying to win the game. Like using using the lads for a half was probably strategic as well. So, um, but it was the result we probably all just expected anyway. Oh, it was, it was. Like, and I know it was a local derby, but uh, again, I know this, this, type of logic didn't work out in the other games but I, Shercock had nothing to play for and Kingsford had something to play for okay they, they were already true but like to, to be drawn against Mullerhorn was a big price because Mullerhorn have won have been beaten three times Kiligary also have been beaten three times but they were a lot more competitive in games than Mullerhorn were so there was a possibility they could have got Kiligary there who, who had run them close in the group stages but um, Mullerhorn and they end up getting Mullerhorn so it was a prize worth winning you mentioned Tinley like Tinley's a, a hell of a player I think a hell of a player and ha- hadn't played well in one or two games and uh, whether he was injured or what I don't know the last day against Lara but like he's after putting his hand up to get back into the side and the, you know they've, they've a good bit of experience there when you when you bring in the likes of him um, and there's an awful lot of new names there that might be that well known um, outside of the area you know John Oates John McCullough um, Killian Farley 
the other way. Shane Cunningham. Oshin and Owen Cunningham. Yeah, yeah, all those lads. Like they're all, but they're all good players. Like they all played on on teams that were winning at underage. Maybe not in Division One, but they were coming up as a group, and they've all broken in there. So uh, Kingsford looking quite looking very good. Now the only the only uh, probably warning you'd have to say about Kingsford. I think I'm right in saying this, Damien. The four teams they played. Uh, Bar Kiligari, so three teams. Yeah, sorry, including Kiligari. The four teams they played didn't make the knockout stages. Am I right in saying that? Um, they played Lacken. Uh, that's right, Kiligari, Shercock, and Lara. And Lara. So, so Kingsford have played the four worst teams in the competition statistically. And uh, no, I think Kiligari are a better team than Mullahor. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mm. thinking to Kiligari again, but I know they didn't win a game, but. I, I think they were more competitive over over the whole championship than Mullahorn were. But anyway, going by the table, Kingsford have played the four worst teams in the competition. So that has to be taken into consideration too. That maybe Kingsford are possibly not just as good as as we're saying. Yeah, actually, or they might they might be. They can only be put put in front of you. But the the strength of their form in the book, as they say in horse racing, uh, you know, could be could be open to question. Definitely so. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to look back. Um, on I, I can't remember the Kings. Oh yeah, yeah, they did beat Lara. That's right. It was three fifteen to one seven, and I wasn't up at that when you were at it. But um, yeah, that's that's actually a very interesting point because you know it's, it 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 definitely puts a question mark over Kings Court top of the table. Well, it does. And what happens is, I I'd be certain now that Kings Court would beat Mullahorn in in a quarter final. Kings Court go into a semi final. And they've played teams ranked eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth in the competition. Yeah, which, which is, is which is a dream run. You couldn't, you couldn't. Well, it is and it isn't. Are you battled hardy? Oh, you, no, it it isn't from that point of view. But if I mean, if you wanted to pick the five teams that that you would most likely beat, they're the five you would have picked. But you know, it, when when they hit a semi final, which I expect they will, there's going to be a huge step up there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a very, very valid point. It is, and 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 it'll be interesting to see if from that point then they can step up and are fresher as a result of having maybe easier games. We'll say, "Geez, well, wasn't it great?" Or if they get bet, we'll be turning around and saying, "Well, they weren't battled hardy. They could have done with a a tougher group game." You know? Yeah. So, well, look, Kerry Kerry won so many All Irelands, getting a handy run. Like in ninety, like with all due respect to to ourselves and Cavan, like in ninety seven they beat Tipperary, Tipperary, Clare, Cavan, and Mayo. That was it. Four games, all Ireland champions. Uh, So like, you know, I suppose you do want the easiest draw you can get. But when when they get the semi final, the other thing about Kingscourt is, and I remember a Kingscourt man saying this to me. They didn't uh, fear nobody. They 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 believed they've got the cup. Yeah, it doesn't matter what sort of a team they have, and this year they have a good team. But even in years when they hadn't a great team. They always believe if they get to a semi-final, that that they're the team to beat. Yeah, and it'll be it'll just be interesting to see. I know. Look at it. It 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 may be silly of us to write off Mullahorn, but um, you would expect he's going to come through that. It'll be just interesting to see can they go to another level then for a semi-final. But um, comprehensive win for them. Interesting enough on the Sharkock side, Killian Clark for me looking fairly good. Again, I was just looking back over the the video of it. Um, and we'll we'll talk about Killian Clark a little bit later on. But he scored the very vor- first clip of the playback on Cav Stream is Killian Clark striking this ball. And as you look at it, you go, wait a minute, he's to the left hand side of the goals. 
he's kicking that it looks like off the ground and the ball is curling from left to right which means he's gone with the outside of the right boot to kick it off the ground which you you never really see that now he he'll say that he comes across the ball and therefore he gets the curl that way on it coming across the ball or 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 kicking it kind of with that that core to get that it's a very unorthodox sort of technique but it's a, it's 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 beautiful because it's so rare yeah it's a soccer it's a soccer style of kicking off the ground really mm. like it's it's a way you see soccer goalkeepers kicking the ball martin riley used to take frees like that uh, and martin doesn't really seem to take them off the ground anymore and I, a lot of players don't as they get on in years they stop taking them off the ground because it can be hard on hamstrings and stuff uh but the way Martin, like Mickey Ling was the one, one who he stopped taking frees off the ground when he was in his mid-twenties and it was a big part of his game. But I remember Martin Riley playing a championship game for Cavan. I think it was against Fermanagh and he kicked several frees and that's the way he kicked them. He came across the ball and sort of finished, the finishing point of contact was with the outside of his, of his boot and uh, it was a left foot with Martin. But it is, it's a lovely style. It floats through the air. It's a lovely uh, way of kicking the ball. It's very unusual. Yeah, definitely. Um, fourth game then was Cavan Gales against Lara. No surprises here. Cavan Gales coming out with the victory. We both said that Cavan Gales would win this one. Um, Cavan Gales, though, making, I think it was 13 changes to the team that was named on the programme. So they started with Paul Graham in the middle of the field. Shawnee Johnston was in at full forward. And I think Stephen Murray in the half back line, but everybody else were, were new faces on the Cavan Gale side, which shows what they were thinking, what the manager Kieran Donnelly was thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it worked out nicely for the Gales that you know they didn't it, it, Kieran Donnelly's mind was made up for him really because they were always going to beat beat Lara. That was a that was a start. I think we I think I said last week if Lara beat Cavan Gales, it'll be the biggest upset in the history of sport. And I think you said it in the history of mankind. But, uh, they were always going to win that. So it wasn't a thing that they had to put out a strong enough side to just make sure to win and hope things went their way elsewhere. It all depended on how other games went, no matter what sort of team they put out. So uh, probably a good move by Kieran Donnelly to, to rest lads coming into coming into this quarterfinal because... Um, you know, it's game, games on games, week on week. It does take it out of you. Yeah, definitely. Um, looking at the, the performances, um, corner forward for Cavan Gale, Jack Tully was a player that kind of stood out. Mickey Ling played the other corner forward. Um, I have to say, looking looking at him, he, he doesn't look like he's he's up to full fitness, um, which I suppose he couldn't be. He, he hasn't really played football in such a long time. But uh, Jack Tully... His energy, his tackling back, those three points came from uh, him in the early maybe 15 minutes all by him just tackling and tackling, forcing turnovers and getting scores as well. So he's one that I'd say Kieran Donnelly would be delighted with um, to see to see putting his hand up for a position on the team. Oh, yeah, but they have a lot of quality uh, up front, like. Jesus, it's very hard to get. Like Jack Tully is an out-and-out corner forward. I, I, I would say from what I've seen of him, and a really, really nice player. But you know, there's so much competition for places in, in the inside forward line for the Gales. Like, you know, if you're gonna, it's gonna be very hard to dislodge Sean Johnston or or Martin Dunn. And even like looking at Keenan Dunn, who playing on the forty against Rammer the last day, like his best position is probably inside as well. Yeah. Uh, so there's just so much competition there. So like to be fair to Jack Tully, if he was playing for 
another team, even in the senior championship, he might, he might be getting more game time. Like we see Keane McCabe there doing really well uh, for Casarahan of a similar mm. age. Forward and like if, if Keane, if they swap places, maybe Jack Tully would be would be doing very well starting with Casarahan because he is a good player. Uh, but it's just a lot, a lot of competition. But yeah, the Cairns only be delighted to, to get him into it. And to be fair, like the Gales, their conveyor belt of young talent has slowed down a lot. Now you're comparing it to an absolute factory production line they had for 20 years, but it has slowed down a lot. And uh, they need to be making the most. At uh, one time they had they had an embarrassment of riches. You know they could they could bring through county minors, and if they can if they stop playing football after that, you know it, it was no it wasn't really going to dent their aspirations because they had so much quality coming through and already there. But now now they're in, in a position like other clubs where they need to make the most of of what comes through. So the likes of Jack Tully, they're probably looking to him, Luke Malloy, those sort of players that are breaking through to the side. I know Luke Malloy's a bit older, but they're, they're going to be looking to those boys to to form a backbone of a team in the years to come because you do have a good few fellas over the age of 30 that are not going to be there forever. Yeah, definitely. Um, for Lara, I, I'd say they're just delighted to have the season over and done with. I'd say that final whistle was was celebrated by the end of it and, and they'll no doubt get their get their heads focused for a 2021 campaign. Um, Castle Rahan against Gauna, we both went for Castle Rahan on this one. Um, but I, I do think we both said it'd be close. Well, <clears throat> that's the way going the season is is playing out. That they they're coming up with big scores at the end of games to get something out of it. Like okay, they they didn't get anything against Rammer, but they're unbeaten in, in the three games since two draws and a win, and uh, have come up trumps with with big scores at the end against Lavi, against Kilgarry, now against Casaran. Shane Brady, come on, I got it. And looking through the notes on the game. It was a very close game. There was never more than three points between the teams at any stage in the game. The Garner went three up at the start. Coming into the last 10 minutes, uh, Oshin O'Connell came on, got a point. Fergal Flanagan fisted a point. Carl Cosgrove, who finished with seven points to his name, four of them from play, he got a point. And that put Castoran three points up. And you would have you would have backed Castoran to close it out at that stage. But then Garner came up with, with the big score. And, you know, I know it wasn't one of their marquee names up front. Even though Shane Briarty is a good player, loads of experience, but you have so many players that are potential match winners in that forward line. You know, you have the, the, the two Maddens, Oshin Pierce and Robbie Fitzpatrick. They are all players that, that can and will get you out of a tight spot. So Garner are always going to have a chance. And mm. the problem we had with them, David, as we've been analysing them, was saying that their the back line wasn't probably strong enough. But I think their backs have stepped up. Like McGahern again at the back it was very good. So like yeah, their bars have, have stepped up, and they've also like while Ryan McGahern, I think Jerry Cadden deserves huge credit. He he's he's brought the best out of him as a as a defender. You have you have Finn and Brady in there at corner back, who you know maybe was just a little bit too young last year to be making any sort of an impact, but he's definitely making an impact this year. So their their backline has without a doubt strengthened up, and all I can continue to think is two things about Gauna. One, how good would it be if Conor Brady was available and fit? And two, should we just rename them instead of Gauna to injury time specialists? Because <laughs> they just love injury time. Three points down, four points down going into injury time means that they believe they're going to win this game. You know, it's 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 phenomenal the the, the never say die attitude that they have. Yeah, well like you can write off last year because last year was such an aberration. Garner, Garner definitely went back last year. 
But if you take that out of it, they've generally been, been on an upward curve. Like I think they bottomed out a few years ago. I remember Casaran giving them an awful thanking in Brefley one day. And like around that time, Garner probably did well, if we're honest, to stay in senior because yeah. they were reaching the end of the end of an era for one group of lads and they were waiting on the next group to arrive. Um, I remember them surviving a relegation playoff against Lacken about 10 years ago. Conor Madden was about 17 and kicked an equaliser. Um, so they, they survived and did well. And they were actually started to make the knockout stages when they weren't fancy to do that. and made a semi-final one year. So they, they did very well over that period of transition, not to not to dip down, maybe go into intermediate like a lot of clubs do. And uh, then they got the chance and, they, and they, they were in the lucky position to be able to blood young lads in, in the senior championship. And there was enough experience still there to to keep them afloat and make an impact. So, look, I think I think most people would agree that Garner are a common team, and that there's there's a wave of youngsters, teenagers, in their mid-teens, ready to come through, like in the next few years. But uh, I suppose they'll be hoping to do something this year. I still can't see Garner winning the championship because I think the as you said to me off air, or maybe it was on air the other day, they could win. Uh, they could definitely take a scalp or two, but ask them to take three scalps might be a bit much. Like over three hours of football, maybe the maybe they'll be caught out a little bit at the back, or maybe the forwards, I are are so talented, but they're a little bit hit and miss, in the sense that they they, they seem to play in fits and starts, and they're going to need to play for the full hour to to win it against Crushlaw. But um, a great team to watch. They're you know with the quality ball players to have up front and and. Their taste for the dramatic in the last few games as well. They're a great team to watch. Yeah, it's definitely a quarter final that you wouldn't want to miss when Gowan is involved or any game at the moment. You just don't want to miss any Gowan game because you know that they're going to produce drama, whether it be going well up or coming from well behind. There's there's always entertainment with them, and apparently we were saying or I was saying last week about Ushin Pearson and wondering was there an injury or something that he stepped up, apparently had a very good game this weekend. Well, I know he scored 345s and scored one monster point from play and another point. So he finished with five points. It's like sometimes when you see a tally after a player's name, I don't know if you if you do this, Damien, but I do. And the first thing you look for is how many were from play. And when you see frees, obviously yeah. you disregard them, but they're not as good as a point from play. But when you see yeah. a 45, I'd rate that nearly above a free. If you haven't seen the game, because you're looking and go, geez, he, yeah, he got a 45, must have been playing well. But, but to see a player to get three 45s, very unusual. Uh, yeah, like, really impressive. Yeah, really impressive. <laughs> but <clears throat> a man that I mentioned him there briefly that it came through on on Instagram that we weren't talking about enough was uh, Keane McCabe, the young corner forward from yeah. Castellan. Got a goal again. Like he's been the find of, of the season. Like we're, you were talking about Shane Tierney in Player of the Year territory. If there was a rookie of the year, uh, Keane McCabe's got to be right up the top of that list like really he's come from nowhere and I saw him in the in the league in that first round of the league against Krushla and uh, he, he didn't get going that day at all I, that, I think that was probably his senior debut competitive debut and he didn't get into the game that day at all and I, I, I talking to Castellan people they were saying that he's a really good player and I was thinking <coughs> excuse me I was thinking yeah maybe not for this year though but He's proved now that he belongs at that level that that he can get scores. He's full of full of skill, full of dummies, and he can get goals as well. So uh, a huge find there, and like that's taken away a, a bit of the sting of the loss of, of Mackey and Brian Ennis to get a new forward to come in sort of from nowhere. Um, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's, again, 
he he's a player that I I have to say I I I heard pre-season that you know uh, this boy's a really good player. It's his first year in, but you think county champions, and you think of a lad that's going to be first year in. You'd have heard him play county minors or you know a high level of 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 county football. You know, I I I don't recall his name being about and. and if he's first year senior now, so technically under eighteen, I was involved with the Cavan under sixteens at at that age. I was manager of his age, and I never heard of him, never came across him. So something something has gone amiss there. That somebody of that talent has gone under the radar. But whatever radar, it's been lifted now, and everybody knows about him because he's uh, like we spoke about him after the first couple of games. How he was. He was the, the player that nobody had heard about, nobody expected, but yet was full of tricks, really skillful, and and looks like almost a almost a Calvin Gale style corner forward, you know? Yeah, yeah, and he he's he he looks of a pretty big frame. I think when he fills out, he's gonna he's gonna be a pretty big lad as well. Like so, he's got that going from as well. Like he's he's quite lean as at his age now, but I could imagine him filling out and. and into a, into a big fella, which would make also help a lot, obviously with him. But another lad who's filled out into a, into a, a big man is is Cara Cosgrove. Like when Castleham won the championship two years ago, Cosgrove was wasn't one of the leading lights on the team. Like he was a new man in something like Keane McCabe is now, and uh, you know was doing was doing his bit, but wasn't the player that they were looking to. But it's been it's been fascinating to watch his progression because last year I thought he really progressed. Like I mentioned this before, the Ulster Club game, I thought he really stood up and several of the county championship games. And this year now you're seeing it with, with Cosgrove. He's getting better and better all the time. And again, it's an intangible thing, Damien, but how much of this, the form of Cosgrove, the form of O'Connell, would they be playing as well if Kiamaki was in the forward line, for example? So there's only room for so many stars in a forward line. And uh, when one is removed, maybe, maybe okay, on the face of it, it weakens the team. But other lads have stepped up there. And there is no hugely discernible... Uh, Drop off in the quality of of Catherine's play that I can see. No, not as yet. Definitely not as yet. Um, so the final game then saw Killigarry taking on Lacken, and we both went for Killigarry on this one. Again, it was that old idea that well, Lacken have nothing to play for. Um, and to be honest, when I seen the teams line out and seen Raymond Galligan in goals, I thought, well you know, Lacken don't really want to win this game or, or definitely aren't going to go for that big win that they were that they were going to need if they were going to upset the odds and get into that eighth position. But um all 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 the wheels came off the wagon on Killigarry and, and they just seemed to I don't know, were 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 did they the manufacturers of their own downfall to an extent? <sighs> Look, I don't want to piss on Killigarry's grave, but like, you know, what what do you say? Like, uh, we 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 highlighted it last time that there was that there was seemed to be a soft underbelly to Killigarry that they were struggling to close out games and for it to happen again in the biggest game of the season for them. Like, it's amazing that they managed to get to to round four and still in with a shout of making the quarterfinals. Ordinarily, that would never happen when you lose three games and still in with a chance, but they were. And for the the other results to go go their way, and they still didn't win it, and they were four points up, and they were man up, you know, was, I I feel sorry for Kiligary. I know in the Kiligary club notes, and uh, they were sent into the Anglo set this week, the club here always making the point that, you know, 
don't forget these lads have put in a huge effort. And I was kind of asking people not not in so many words, but not to get on their backs. I, I, I feel sorry for them because they're probably hurting and they're probably they're probably feeling like they're they're a bit of a laughing stock now, or people are people are dismissing them. And like I'm sure there's a like any footballer, there's a, there's a level of personal pride there, but like it's 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 disappointing. And like it's most it's more so than Kilgarry, it's most disappointing for me because I publicly <laughs> vouched for them and backed them. And uh, my, I'm, I'm a laughing stock. Where did you rank them? Where did you rank them in the in the pre championship? Was it fifth or sixth? I ranked them sixth. Uh, sixth and and to be to be honest, Damien, God, like, you're not going to make a case to say that they're sixth. Hold hold on, hold on. T- t- well, I'd make it. I said I'd definitely make a case that that they're eight. I definitely would make a case that they're eight because I think okay, that, well, you're not going to make a case that they're sixth. No, no, they've slipped from six to eight. Uh, but well, they've slipped to ninth. But you can make the case that you think they should be an eight, but. They're in ninth. Well, I think they were the eighth best team in this in this championship. To be honest, I think I think they played better than Mullerhorn did uh, over well, the. You see, that's opinion, but the, the numbers actually state that Mullerhorn was ahead of them, Paul. So I'm not giving you this one. <laughs> if we're gonna, if you're gonna say, hold on, that's opinion. Every time someone states an opinion on this podcast, <laughs> you're, gonna be, <laughs> you're gonna be busy. But uh, the, the thing, the thing with it is, I don't think I was talking about them being overpriced at twenty to one because. If a twenty to one shot plays a plays a two to one shot in a one off match, you're talking about a you're talking about a six to seven point handicap. Um that's what my man, the actuary, Kevin Egan, uh, explained to me. So I was he was saying when I was asking him how what do you think of this this price, he was saying, Well look how would you how would you uh rank them against playing Calvin Gales? I said they'd be within a couple of points of Calvin Gales. They'd be within a couple of points of any team to play in the county. And they were. So I, from that point of view, they were highly competitive with everyone they played. In actual fact, if they had been able to close out games, you know, over 55 minutes, they were one of the best teams in the county. But unfortunately, they weren't able to. I'm holding, I'm holding my hands up. I'm holding my hands up. It was a bad call. But I'm just, I'm just saying where it was coming from. It wasn't nearly as bad a call as my Lara call, let's be, let's be honest. No, that's true. You you got two terrible, terrible calls in the in the championship so far. But um, the the third one is still alive. Is that that Cavan Gales will not win it. <laughs> so we we'll know in a few weeks' time whether you've got absolutely everything in the senior championship wrong. But um, yeah, with, with regards to Killy Gary, I think do you know what I I and I can understand the the, the club PRO um putting that into the club notes, but. I can also understand that the players themselves will be looking at this and they'll be angry because if they're not angry, then they're not the type of players I thought they were. You know, they should be angry because they've, they've underperformed. They haven't, they haven't done what they're capable of doing and they haven't solved the problem that, that everybody was worried about Killigary having going into the championship. <laughs> so, you know, Killigary have enough talent and more coming through for them to be staying senior and, and being competitive at senior. But that's not Killigary's ambition. Killigary's ambition is to win the championship. And they were a long, long way off winning a championship this year. And that's that's something that I think that they have to they have to figure out exactly what's going wrong in games that's causing them to to you know capitulate when they're in, in positions to go and win. And that's hundred percent, I mean, I agree. <clears throat> but the funny thing is 
they weren't they were a long I agree they were a long long way off winning the championship but they weren't a long way at all they were very they were very close to to beating some of the best teams in the championship like like uh, like Garner and Cavan Gales and Kingscourt so like that tells me that they're good enough but the problem is mm. the problem is converting that and and winning the winning game so look I think I think uh, there's some there's huge potential there and, and it wouldn't take a huge amount for Kiligary to go from being knocked out in the group stage as they were to going on and contesting at the business end of the championship. But look, I have to I have to accept it. It backfired. <laughs> so to uh, to completely um, right, we, we both, showed we both me tipped, you both tipped Kiligary there, yeah. We both tipped Kiligary, which which means at the end of the senior championship in six games, we came up with the grand total of two points from the six each. So we got four wrong and two right, which shows that people are listening to the wrong podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a clue what we're talking about on this occasion anyway. Don't forget, if you want to check out our predictions from last weekend's games and a review of the games in the Hotel Kilmer Intermediate Championship and the College Craft Bakery Junior Championship, they're over on Patreon dot com forward slash we are Cavan. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family owned and family run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Okay, so moving on to the proactive risk control team of the week for week four. Again, um, from these 15 players, don't forget to get in contact with us on social media. Let us know your nominations for the player of the week who will receive a 50 euro voucher courtesy of uh, Proactive Risk Control. Of course, Sean Gaffney was the winner for week three. Um, so we'll start off in goals. The nominees that came in, Sean or uh, Paul, were Peter McGinty from Drummalee and Kieran Daly from Castle Rahan. Uh, you, you heard a good bit about Kieran Daly, some very good saves, I understand. Yeah, he made three or four point-blank saves against Garner and uh, you know, kept Castle Rahan in the game at, at times with some unbelievable saves. I believe his kickouts were very good as well. So, And Jerry Scollin from Swan and Barrett, I mean, is another man who deserves an honourable mention. Kept a clean sheet. Swan had leaked a lot of goals the last couple of seasons, but he kept a clean sheet and, and did very well too. So, Great reports about them, but I, I, by all accounts, Peter McGinty though he was torn in an absolutely world class display. Yeah, yeah, Peter McGinty is the goalkeeper um, of the week because of his display against Shannon Gales. Um, a number of point blank saves, two of them absolutely top quality. Where Enda McHugh was coming through on goal, he was hitting the top corner, and McGinty with a strong arm um, hit it off the off the the post and then back out into play and the second one was Quivian McGovern breaking through he was after born with about four Drummalee players and he was punting the ball for the far bottom corner as he was cutting in from the right hand side and uh, as as 
Quivins told me after the game, he said, I hit that perfectly. It was going for that bottom corner. And he says the, the, the reactions of McGinty were just phenomenal. So, um, And on top of that, his kickouts were, were right on the money. So uh, Peter McGinty gets the number one spot on the team of the week from Drummer Lee. Uh, at cornerback, then we go through all the nominations for the fullback line. Uh, and then we'll just name the, the players that actually got it. So um, Joey O'Brien from Swanland Bar. Kieran O'Reilly from Kill, Luke Smith from Beltorbet, um, Mossy Core from Den, Donald Maguire from Templeport, Paddy Flynn from Butler's Bridge, Ryan McGahan from Gauna, Killian Farley from Kingscourt, um, Connor Caffrey from Shannon Gales. They make up the, the nominations. And the fullback line number two, we've gone for Luke Smith from Beltorbet. Brilliant, brilliant display by him. Two goal line, sa- two goal line saves, and two super last ditch tackles, clean as a whistle, just popping the ball out at, at key moments, um, made him just the outstanding defender against Killing Care for Beltorbet. Um, Mossy Core at full back, uh, Paul, you've seen him uh, against Knockbride for Den. Really good display. Yeah, just brilliant in the air and just so powerful. Like, never put a foot wrong. Great leadership. Very good. And then the cornerback from Kingscourt, Killian Farley, Farley sorry. Um, very solid performance. A lot of nominations come in from for him. And, and from what I've seen on the stream, um, he looked very, very good. So well done to Luke, to, to Mossy and to Killian Farley making up the fullback line for the proactive risk control team of the week. The nominations for the half-back line are James Brady from Den, Danny Cusick from Lavi, Dara Kiernan from Ballamacue, Niall Carlin from Cuhullins, Benjamin Kelly from Templeport, and Shane Leddy from Butler's Bridge. Um, and the players we've gone for here are Benjamin Kelly from Templeport for his outstanding display against Kill, Dara Kiernan from Ballamacue, um, who, by all accounts, I think was man of the match against Kilishandra and Niall Carlin from Ku Hollands, who was um, absolutely outstanding for Ku Hollands in their win over Balanya. So uh, you couldn't argue with any of them, Paul. No, outstanding. The, the halfback line was very difficult to pick this week. I notice I say that every week about every line, but it was like when you have 19 games, it's so difficult. Like you're talking about. Uh, that's that's 38 teams in action so multiply that by three you're talking about 120 odd uh half backs yeah. and you're trying to choose three so there's probably some other really good performances out there uh in in these positions but we can only go on the nominations we get and the games we're lucky enough to get to see exactly in the middle of the field there's five nominations um adrian tate from Cuhullins. Jerry Smith from Lavi, James Smith from Crushalaw, David Wright from Castle Rahan, and Brian O'Rourke from Bally Hayes. Uh, who do we go for on these? Well, I think James Smith and, and, and David Wright, um, the artist formerly yeah. known as Rit, <laughs> are, are the, they were the standout men, I think. Like David Wright made a, made a number of great marks, and even Garner people were nominating him for Team of the Week. And James Smith, I thought he just showed great leadership in the dying in the dying minutes of that game against Rammer to get crushed over the line and he scored one one as well. So um one one in a in a in a two point win is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, 
Agree, definitely. So the nominations in the half forward line are Carl Cosgrove for his seven points for Castle Rahan, Paul Kilcreast, who hit two for Lavi in their win over Mullahorn, Quevin McGovern, nine points against Drummalee from Shannon Gales, Torlock Mooney from Red Hills, Fintan O'Reilly with one four for Butler's Bridge, Philip Tinley, who finished with I think one three or one four for Kingscourt Stars, Enda Henry with nine points for Biltorbet against um, Killing Care and Darren Jordan with three points for Lavi against Mullahorn. And the half forward line we went for at 10, Quivian McGovern with nine points um, for Shannon Gales, Torlock Mooney at centre half forward, and another nine pointer, Enda Henry, wearing the number 12 jersey from Beltorbet. You know, you score nine points, the chances are you're going to make this team. Yeah, but not always because there's so many high scores going on, but I think that's the threshold. You know, if you can get over the eight point mark, you're you can't you cannot be left off the team. But some week we're going to get more than six lads doing that. But phenomenal scoring from from those ads and Torek Mooney as well. A, even though on, on a beaten Red Hill side, but uh, it was absolutely unmarkable on the evening. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll make the, uh, the 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 clarification. It's it's nine scores because there are people this week who didn't make the team who got over a total of nine. In uh, in terms of points, with with goals on top, but nine scores, we 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 make that clarification. So in the full forward line, a lot of nominations here. Um, we we'll start off Dara Gunn from Kingscourt, Owen McCaffrey from Templeport, James Brady, Rammer United, Patrick Lynch from Crushalaw, Chris Corran from Swanland Bar, Killian Clark from Shercock, Quivian O'Reilly from Butler's Bridge, Ryan O'Neill from Kildallan, Shane Tierney from Lavi. Ushin Pearson from Gauna and Thomas Edward Donahue from Den. Um, a, a serious forward line there. Unbelievable firepower in it. I think the three we went for in the end, though, was James Brady from Ramay United. He scored two goals and five um, in their defeat to Crushalaw. Um, Shane Tierney once again at full forward for Lavi. Five points, or sorry, four points, all from open play but just constantly a threat. And Thomas Edward Donoghue with one goal and six um, in Den's win over Knockbride. So, um, but all the rest, well-deserved in, in, in nomination and probably there'll be people who'll disagree with our, our, our full forward line as well. Oh, I don't will, yeah. It's, a, it's a, a very difficult job, but it'll get a bit easier now as when we get to the knockout stages, there'll be less games because at the moment, with so many games, you're going to miss out on, on fellas and some lads are going to be lo- unlucky to lose out, particularly in the backs uh, where you mightn't be able to pick it up just by reading a match report who who played really well in the backs. But Exactly. So the proactive risk control team of the week for week four is Peter McGinty from Drummolee in goals, a full back line of Luke Smith from Beltorbet, Tomas Core from Den and Killian Farley from Kingscourt. Half-back line of Benjamin Kelly from Templeport, Dara Kieran of Ballamacue and Niall Carlin from Cuhullins. In the middle of the field, it's James Smith from Crushalaw and Castle Rahan's David Wright. Half-forward line of Shannon Gale's man, Quivian McGovern. Centre-half forward, Red Hill's man, Torlock Mooney and Enda Henry from Beltorbet wears the number 12 jersey. In the full-forward line, it's James Brady from Rammer United, Shane Tierney from Lavi and completing the lineup. At corner forward, it's Thomas Edward Donahue from Den. So thanks very much for uh, your nominations. Let us know out of those 15 who you think should get the proactive risk control 
player of the week. We'll be announcing that later on in the week on our Diehards podcast over on patreon.com forward slash we are Kevin. Paul, thanks a million for joining me on the podcast. To our listeners, if you want to hear our uh, look back over the Hotel Kilmer Intermediate Championship results and our College Craft Bakery Junior Championship results, the review of those games, head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Kevin. Paul, thanks a million. Thanks, Devo.